Welcome to Women Volunteers, a GFWC NC podcast where we talk with women across North Carolina who volunteer their time in support of community improvement. We'll find out how they got started, how they manage these projects, and the impact of their volunteer actions. Welcome. I am here at the Women's Club of Clayton with three uh, women who are going to share a story with us about creating a candy land in their local park. I have Trish Perna, and Trish is a member of the Women's Club of Clayton and is active with the Environment Community Service Project. She is married with three children and has two grand gems. She has a long career history as a certified professional organizer, a certified life coach, and a published author. She's also spent many years working in the exciting world of cosmetic plastic surgery. These days, she enjoys dedicating her free time to helping improve the Clayton and Joko community through the club's many worthwhile programs. I also have Melissa Francis, who is a member of the Women's Club of Clayton and has been for two years, and she's the daughter of our other guest, Rachel uh, Massimore. Uh, Melissa is a US Army veteran, thank you and has a career as a mortician and previously worked as a retail store manager and regional operations manager. She became involved in the Women's Club of Clayton because of her mother's involvement, and she also has an adult son. Rachel Massimore is the chair of the Environment Community Service Project and has been a board member of the Clayton's Women Club for more than seven years. She has previously served as treasurer also. So for our listeners, can you tell us what the Candyland Project is? Candyland is a life-size game board brought to life in the town's community garden that um, Rachel and myself are also uh, volunteers for. So with a project between the owner, Tom Lipscomb, and the Women's Club of Clayton, he allowed us to take Candyland, the kids' game, and bring it to life. So how do you tell us what is Candyland, the kids' game? Candyland, the kids game, was actually um, first published, I believe, back in the 1940s during uh, polio. So when kids couldn't get out, this game was created. So it was kind of actually quite a pairing that Candyland came out in a year where kids couldn't go outside or you couldn't play with other people because of the pandemic. Um, And that just happened to be, it just happened that way. So it wasn't that we made it because of COVID. Um, But each year so this is our fourth year um, that we've partnered with the garden to bring the holiday display to life so each year the town of clayton has a tree lighting ceremony which is usually the first uh, in the first week of december but they also have a business decorating contest and we wanted to be able to participate and the only way that we thought we could do that was to partner with the garden and the first year we did um, Uh, the gingerbread we so we turned the the garden into a giant gingerbread house with gingerbread men how did you do that (laughs) well the the garden has its own little house and um just a little backstory the garden used to be a hardware store that area Mm -hmm. used to be a hardware store and it used to be a car a used car lot okay so the building from the used car lot is kind of the home for the garden it's the center So that seemed to be the best idea for this is going to be the gingerbread house. Okay. And 
you know, again, this idea all came about, I think the display had to be up by like November 14th. And the idea came to us probably mid-October that this was something we wanted to try to do. Ooh, quick turnaround. So it was a very quick turnaround, quick ideas, um, get it all out there. And we covered the entire house with um, insulation, thin insulation sheets, which we painted brown. Okay. Now the house is about 30 feet long and it's a single story house. So we had to paint all this insulation, wow. cover it, attach it. Then volunteers helped glue pieces of candy, not paint, but we actually glued. Oh, um, awesome. Like, so you used real candy we for used, it. We used some real candy. We used some toys that look like candy, like the balls from a ball bounce. Okay. We wrapped right. them with salt flame, so they look like twisted candy. Glued them to the house, glued candy canes, um, took buckets and sprayed them with sugar and, and vibrant colors and put them on top of the house to look like gumdrops took snow to make it look like I, um, uh, the snow that you would use in a garden, train garden. We glued that to the house to make it look like um, the icing for the house. And then we cut out large gingerbread men and had candy canes. And so, so that's pretty awesome. So that's, that was sort of your start of the idea of how you could kind of do the candy land, right? Yeah, exactly. So then um, we were actually, I think it was um, my niece and my sister who teaches um, three and four year olds, um, and my mom, we were sitting around the table and the, some, something about Candyland, what, what could we do? And somebody said, Candyland, why don't we make Candyland? So we did a couple Google searches and there were some um, live Candyland games out there. So I think in California at the anniversary of a Candyland um, creation, somebody did a, 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 a human-sized Candyland. So the you were, the person was the player Okay. And there were colored markings on the ground and, and, and the Candyland stops. And over the decades, Candyland has changed. So there wasn't always like the licorice lagoon that you might know. Because the Candyland game, it's got like a path that runs yes. through Candyland and everything is connected to some sort of sweet or confection. Correct. Mm -hmm. And then there's the bad spot, which is the licorice lagoon. So if you get landed on there, you might get pushed back. Licorice is bad? L the licorice is bad. <laughs> the black licorice is bad. Black licorice is bad. Right. Licorice that was my bad. grandmother's favorite, yeah. black licorice. Yeah. Right. Um, so again, because you have this garden and it's a big spot, the thing is it always has to be big because you have to entice people. We need people to see from the street. In the previous year, the year after we did the Gingerbread Man, we did Snoopy's Playground. Oh, wow. Okay. And we made a um, 15 by 20 foot biplane that sat in the middle and it was elevated so you could see it from the street. So, Y'all don't think small, do you? Well, you can't because <laughs> you have to, you're trying to engage people and you're trying to engage young people and you can't have small things to engage young people. They need large things and they need to be able to touch them or be able to manipulate them. And that's kind of, you know, I get those ideas from my sister because again, teaching three and four year olds, she's always telling us about what okay, kids okay, need right, and what yeah, they like. Right. And, but my mother and I had always always discussed that the way that you bring people to the garden is you bring their children to the garden. Right. And when the children want to come to the garden, then their parents have to bring them to the garden. That's and an excellent strategy, Rachel. I know, I think years ago, it's been a while, but um, the greatest influencer in a household of a van purchase was an eight-year-old boy. Because mom, dad, look at this van. I saw this commercial, I, you know, this is the thing, yeah, right? Yeah. So yeah, you're on the right track. Yeah. <laughs> So the um, so that's kind of how it started, just around okay. the kitchen table, just talking, and then again because of the um, environment, CSP and the garden, the women's club has their own uh, flower bed at the garden that they use. 
trying to help Thomas get more people to the garden so that they can see what he's about because he's just trying to get people to appreciate the outdoors, love of music, just being outside. Um, we, just as a side note, one project we did two years ago for the garden was we made a putt-putt. We made a four-hole putt-putt. Oh, for nice. Right. So pretty much it was me, Mom, and Thomas, and we made this four-hole putt-putt. But we brought in things that people were trashing, like a tunnel, so the kid, Thomas, wanted kids to be able to climb through. So okay. one of the holes has an elevated ramp, but you can climb underneath of it, and you can go through the tunnel, and it's got a speaking tube that you can talk underneath. So the the collaboration between the garden and the women's club is is big. It's it's all year long. How long have you guys happen. collaborated with the garden? Well, he came to us and ask for help. I come from a farm, so, uh -huh. and he and his mother really liked me. So I said, I'll do, I'll do conservation. Nobody wanted to. Mm -hmm. So that's really how it began because he wanted help. Okay. And so that was the idea that she said about, I knew if, if you got children, you got the parents, the parents could see the garden spots are bigger than this table. Right. Mm -hmm. And you can have one for nothing. He doesn't charge anything. This you keep it up. Okay, so you can have your own vegetable or yes. flower garden over at the community garden. Yeah. So it's a place yeah. to visit and it's also a place to uh, grow and consume yeah. for whoever wants to, right? And so that's how the path went around these ah, garden things. okay, all right, got it, got it. And there was a display in most of the beds of some, you know, lollipop okay. commons or whatever it was. But that's, that, and that was a really big success because we had, I personally counted 4,000 people. Wow. And I was not there the whole, well, I was there 20 some hours. <laughs> we, we were there a lot. <laughs> you lived there, right? And it was, yeah. it was open 24 hours a day. And uh, the um, <laughs> candy cane, we're 10 foot, no, 20 foot high, 10 foot, what was it, 10 foot? To paint a picture, Let's just say that this piece of land is um, a third of an acre. Mm -hmm. right? Okay. So a fenced yeah. in piece of property with a house in it. And then it's gravel. Okay. And then there are these raised beds of different sizes, but in a kind of linear fashion. So okay. three or four rows. So there's some organization. There's a yeah, little organization. It's not haphazard. So when you looked at it from an aerial perspective, and one of our other men, members, Cecilia, who has the ability to make these CAD diagrams, her and her husband have an engineering background. Oh, awesome, that's helpful. <laughs> so she happened to be in the environment group, and her and her husband made this diagram for us so that we could see from an aerial perspective how we could lay out this candy land so that we could make a footpath that was easy to follow and had some sense of purpose, where you were trying to get to. So the house became our um, candy store. Okay. So the house was where you were trying to get to. Okay. When you start in Candyland, in our Candyland, you come in to the garden under a gazebo with ha large hanging candy necklaces. So okay. as you remember as a kid, you I remember we used to eat those in the movies, right? Do they still make those? Yeah. They do. They, okay. All right. And then you would you bite the little candies <clears throat> off. Right. Um, and again, here, this is kind of still you know we're we're have decided that we're full steam into this because now it's summertime. We've created this idea and maybe, so this is February, March, 2020. We're not in COVID yet. And then um, we get a little bit later going into the summer and then people start to panic. Can we do this? Should we do this? What right. are we gonna do? Are people gonna show up? 
but we're too invested already now. Yeah, and you've got all of the emotions. Right, exactly. That's what I was going to say. The, the investment was emotional. We hadn't had a lot of monetary outlay yet, but it was still there was a lot of emotion because we had all these great ideas, mm -hmm. and we could see them coming together. Um, well, I could see them coming together. <laughs> Trish and some other people might have been like, I don't know how that you're going to make this right. happen. So Trish, were you on the, let me point out, let me be the devil's advocate on this one, Trish, or were you kind of just a little, just holding for a little bit? I, I just didn't see her vision of how it would come together. Okay. So, but once I got to start spending more time in the creative side of it, then I could see her vision and it was much easier. Okay. So by the time we got to the point where it was time, ready to put it all together, mm -hmm. then we were all on the same what page. Yeah. <clears throat> we were all days. on the same page. Well, by the time we were, Trish was helping paint King Candy, who again, his house is the focus. Right. And he is a large five and a half foot stature that Trish and my mother hand painted. Wow. And he has this long flowing coat. And, and again, because Candyland changes and morphs over the year, we had to pick, well, we picked, we didn't have to. We picked what we thought we could create that, that aligned with Candyland, but also aligned with the garden. That's a key point because um, oftentimes we want to replicate something exactly and we'll look at something and it's hard and it's frustrating and it takes kind of the joy out of it. But to go in and identify what do we have the capability to make happen is a really key step in executing a project. So in the when when the three so mostly the three of us worked on King Candy, and he has this long flowing uh, fur coat. Okay. And to kind of pay that homage to the garden, his fur coat is hand glued with white pebbles. Wow. Which made him very heavy. <laughs> Five and a half feet. Coat? Coat, right. Coat. So he's got so this fur trim. Fur not, trim a, not a robe, but not a coat. A robe, but okay. like, like if you had a house coat, and all, you know, if you, those fluffy house coats from right. the 60s and you had the fur, same thing. So his trim fur that goes all the way around his collar, down and flows to the ground and curls around because he's a king. Yes. We're all hand glued with hot glue and little tiny white Holy pebbles. Cow. How long did that take you to do? Yeah, that took a long time. Is that like a group project? Uh, uh, we're coming into data glue. No, no I, I did that all by myself. You did that by yourself <laughs> because people were like, "Oh, no, 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 no. I'll do something else. Give me something else to do." Um, and so we had a, uh, a couple times. Everybody gathered at um, at Rachel's house because she has a basically an underground garage Ooh, that nice. you can work in. Then there's a tunnel, and then there's a patio. And we set up a tent. And this is when we started making lollipops. <laughs> so we started making lollipops at a pool noodles. And okay. you take a pool noodle, and usually they're kind of flexible if they're mm -hmm. not brand new. And you bend them into a big circle. Okay. So it looks like that large lollipop that kids the use spiral to the spiral line, lollipop. The rope run into a spiral. They're exactly. usually red and white, weren't they? Some of them are multicolored now. Now today's are mostly multicolored. Okay. And then you need a hot glue gun. And you need two sets of hands. So it takes two people, one to curl, the other to do the hot glue and then curl and hold it and hold it. Oh yeah, I and guess it probably pops exactly. Right, just pops it, right? yeah. <laughs> so some people were on board with this and were like, I'm gonna try it. <laughs> I remember one lady took them home and um, she, she tried and then she returned them and said, I, my husband and I, we can't do it. <laughs> we can't do it. It's like, it's like wallpapering the dining room. Exactly. My husband, we're getting divorced if we do this anymore. <laughs> so pool noodles are a big deal. And certainly again, with the help of my sister, she would constantly send us things. This is what I saw on Pinterest. You know, you can do this. 
Pinterest is just like amazing, isn't it? And I can do, you know, not to, you know, pat myself on the back, but if you, I am not a creative person, but I can create what you ask me to, as long as you show me what you want. So you're a problem solver. Um, yes. 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 I'm a problem solver. Definitely. So when we wanted these candy necklaces, we had these pool noodles and we took pool noodles of different colors and chopped them into about two inch pieces. And then we decided how long we wanted them oh, to that's be. That's a great idea. And then we bagged up all these pool noodles, bagged up the string for however long we wanted them, made end caps for them so the pool noodles would just fall off the end, and then turned them over to one of the other members who couldn't get out because of COVID. Her son had isolated her in a house. Okay. I think she actually lived on the coast. Her son brought her up here. Because this, this last year was your first year of the Candyland Park. You'd done Correct. other things yes. in the park. Yeah. So yes. you're not only having to take an idea that you thought was good, then, you know, COVID comes along and we don't know how it spreads at the beginning, right? And we're trying to figure it out. Remember, we wiped everything. We sanitized yeah. our planet to death, I think. And yes. then we figured out it was airborne. So you're trying to do what you can in a dispersed club group, right? It, and people are interested this year. So we're trying to, we're, we're good. Yeah, yes, we, we want your help. And then, but we don't want to be in a group. So how can we get your help? Mm-hmm. And then kind of segmenting these things. So these candy necklaces were all turned over. I don't remember the woman's name. Mary Ellen Cosby. Mary Ellen? Mary Ellen mm-hmm. Cosby. So mm-hmm. she was she was staying up here. We Mom and I took the garbage bags of pool, cut pool noodles and string. And, <laughs> um, and again, I felt, you know, Again, I felt like my sister who, when she makes these packets for the kids, it's all, everything you need is right here in this packet. <laughs> right. Here are the directions. Go for it. And it's she, like Ikea. Yeah. <laughs> she made them necklaces and we came back and put them and they'll go up again this year. Oh, that's awesome. And so it, again, making things that can, can weather, that's another key thing, is finding things that can withstand the weather. And our weather is fairly unpredictable. It, How many totes did we have from that? 30? There's probably 30 27 gallon totes that sit outside of in this tunnel at Rachel's house. So that, it's like big Rubbermaid bin type thing. Yeah, things, exactly. Right? The, 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 the commander's style totes. I know what you're talking the about. Black the, the black with the yellow. With the I yellow got some lids. of those. <laughs> yeah. um, so, other things we collected, and, and again, this kind of goes to the conservation part. Um, people collected five gallon tin um, cans. So the kinds you would use in the elementary schools. Yeah, like fig folders or... Uh, no. Um, no, the fi- they, these vegetable are Vegetable cans. The vegetable cans restaurant. or the... I, I restaurant. Went to a restaurant. I'm thinking one gallon. Y'all oh, are yeah, talking yeah. five. Talking five. Gallon, okay, yeah. that's okay. like a paint bucket. I, I don't know how many... Well, no, you, you're right. I'm sorry. Five. It's, a, it's a gallon. It's a gallon tin. I'm thinking, okay. yeah. Yeah, but it's the big ones, the kinds you usually don't see in the grocery store. Right, yeah. I got it. Like you got to go to Costco or something yeah. for that, I right? went to a local restaurant, and I had done... Um, rabbits out of those things for Easter and I made some and they had them I okay. gave them to them so I went back and said I need all the vegetable cans how many I said I don't know I'll just keep collecting so every other day they would put them in a big garbage bag I would collect them then I would wash them and paint them white wow how many did you end up <laughs> I, don't uh, I don't remember how many we had it was a lot because we made four candy we made four candy sticks out of them okay peppermint sticks not peppermint canes but peppermint sticks got it and then we partnered with my mother's 
brother-in-law who, <laughs> who is a retired um, welder of sorts. He's another guy who can make anything and he has this tremendous shop over in Benson that, on his home. Mm -hmm. So I brought him these tin cans and I probably in June or something like that. And I said, there's no rush, Uncle Dennis, just take your time. But this is what I need. I need to be able to get these in one long 10 foot piece. Like those giant stick candies, yeah, right? giant stick candies. Okay. And he said, well, I don't know, Melissa, you know, this type of tin, this doesn't, it doesn't really do well to spot weld. He said, but I'll give it a try. And, you know, again, when you're making a project like this, you have to think past what you're doing right then. So how do you get these 10 foot candy, candy sticks to stay upright? Who, right. What's going to hold them in the ground? And how do you move them? And how do you move them? <laughs> how do you keep them attached? Um, and so before he could weld them, we had to open up the tops and the bottoms mm -hmm. so that we could slip them over four by four posts that were already cemented in five gallon buckets because we had saved them from the biplane we had made the year oh, wow. before. Okay. And um, these five gallon buckets filled with cement with the concrete posts, we just slipped the candy canes over top of them, the candy sticks, and then bolted them to them. So that provided them okay. the weight, stability. Mm -hmm. the stability, and mom had already painted them white, and then we took red, red uh, fabric tape, yes. yeah, uh, and striped well, red them. fabric tape, uh, cloth tape, red cloth tape, like a gaffer's tape or ah, carpet okay, tape. Something now I know what you're talking about. Okay, all right. It's kind of shiny, mm -hmm. and we striped them. So we wrapped them around, awesome, and then put them over, and that became the centerpiece for uh, candy cane forest. The candy cane forest. Okay. So that's so again, these things happen months and months ahead of time before you can bring them home and then you say, What other big things? And that's what we try to do. Attack the big things that are going to take the longest or things that we need other people's help for and then kind of put them together. So small things like um, spray painting the gumdrops. The, the Gumdrop Mountain stop, I think, was the one that probably the hardest for us to... Yeah. It didn't seem very tangible. You know, we couldn't get height. Mm -hmm. We couldn't make our own mountain. Right. Um, but, you know, if I can say... our So our stops were uh, Cupcake Forest, mm -hmm. um, Ice Cream Slopes. Giant cupcakes. Giant cupcakes. Okay. Giant cupcakes. So Cupcake Forest. Cupcake Forest. When you come in, you turn right and you get your... Um, die. You get your die. Which we happen to find on What do you Amazon. mean you get your die? Well, the game is you roll the dice, right? Thank you. And you move, <laughs> and you move however many dice you have, right? But you remember on the board, the board is colored. Right. Right? Now, remember I told you earlier that the ground is made of gravel. Mm -hmm. So here was another big obstacle. And we had to find a way that people would know how many spaces do I move? Because we're getting them, we want them to play the game. We don't want them to just yeah. So this isn't place. just a visit to Candyland. You have to play you the game. You have a game. Yes. And I'm assuming they get something at the end. That's right, because they're trying to get to the candy trying store. Trying to get to the candy but store. But they can't get to the candy store until they complete the game. So we had uh, the stick and carrot approach. Okay. You, you, get your, you get your dice, which... For those of the concerned, this is um, brought by another member because we had lots of meetings and said, well, now that we're in COVID, what are we going to do? So we got little bags, mm -hmm. a little one of the dice went inside each bag. You got your bag, you got an explanation how the game worked, and then you rolled your own dice. 
Okay, okay. so you rolled it however you rolled your you dice, mm-hmm. And the dice were actually colored. So one was blue, two was red. So if you were too young to be able to count, you could just look at the color and say, oh, mommy, I you, you know, I rolled a yellow. That's really thoughtful. Move to the yellow space. So where did you get these dice, or did you make them all? We made, we got them from Amazon. Amazon, Because right? everybody got everything we from got Amazon, We got the little right? bags, were, they were like this. I would say we got them from Jeff Bezos, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, in, you know, the little bags, and... As they and we would tell them in when they would get their directions and when you complete the game you turn in your dice and you'll get a gold coin uh-huh. and your gold coin allows you entrance into the candy store okay so that way you can't just go in the candy store and then you were allowed we had different shelves in the candy store and you were allowed to pick a turn in your coin and get candy. Now, if you didn't want to turn in your coin, then you didn't get any candy. Okay, so, so what kind of candy did you have? Well, this was all, what were we doing in Candyland? Okay. So we had peppermint sticks. All right, everything matched to everything matched. all of your spaces. We had licorice, right? We awesome. had gumdrops. We um, we had some chocolate eyeballs. Um, that was wild. just, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then we had things that they could buy if they wanted to do more. So okay. we kept those on the higher shelves, kind of like when you go to the carnival, you know, right, the bigger right. things. Mm-hmm. We had, um, we had cloth snakes. We had a fuzzy oh, dice. We had fuzzy dice. We had a large Olaf because we had one, okay. of, one of the stops is um, the ice palace. And this Beautiful. is so. Let's go through your stops again, yeah? Because right? I got you off track. Yeah. Um, so you said there's the cupcake forest, ice ice cream slopes, ice cream slopes. Then you come around to liquish, licorice licorice lagoon, licorice lagoon, which is bad. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you can and then peppermint forest. forest. Was over here, and then you come into lollipop um, gingerbread, gingerbread forest. Oh, the gingerbread the forest gingerbread was there, forest. and then you go through the lollipop gumdrop. Gumdrop. Oh, and that's right, gumdrop. I always forget about gumdrop mountain. Gumdrop mountain, and then nice the uh, princess. Dice palace. Uh, yes. Dice palace. Holy cow! And then <laughs> to the lollipop list. Yeah. The gingerbread and the ice palace didn't get put up until Christmas time. That was part of our decorating last for year holidays. You, said you did the you started we did pretty from early Halloween in the winter. until you started yeah, Halloween yeah. through and you said you're not doing that long this, this time around. Correct. Um, that's a long time. It was a long time. I was there every yes. day. It was a long time. Okay. <laughs> but it was well worth it be, now I I'm not here that often, but um, only a couple times a month. Mm-hmm. But I had mom's mom had suggested I really think you should be here for Halloween. You should see um, what this does for the community. She doesn't see the joy. Right. So I do that, and then I you just do all the like, back end, and right? Then, right. And you don't exactly. ever get to see the impact. Yeah. So the stage crafter, but never in the audience. Okay. Right. So to speak. Um, but I mean, the, the, so what was that like? So when you opened this up. So here you go. Here's again. This is where COVID, the pandemic. People don't know what to do. And right. now it's Halloween, there's no parade. There's, there's, there's no nothing, town parade. Because the usually there's a Halloween parade right. and the kids yeah. come down. Now the garden, if if like most main streets, they're you know, a very linear, straight, first street, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. The garden is at the kind of at the end of our main street. It's the closest part to um, 70, okay. but it's the farthest away from the town square. Got it. All right. Mm-hmm. So when things happen around the town square, it gets left out a lot. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to help, you know, drag those people down there. Um, 
So we opened to Thomas said it was Thomas's goal. I would like to have it open by Halloween. Yeah. And so we sat there Halloween and we we almost couldn't close. We couldn't almost couldn't leave because people just kept coming with their kids and they were like blown away. They were like, I can't believe this. We weren't on Facebook or anything on this yeah. time. So this is just our large things that people drive by and you see them in their cars with their heads turned at a 90 degree. They're like, they're not looking where they're going. They're totally looking at this, <laughs> this thing that they see and they don't know what it is. Um, and it, you certainly, it was fabulous. People bringing their little kids and then they want their picture taken with King Candy. Oh, interesting. Okay. We have right. all these pictures, all and oh, everything. So cool. And um, we, um, as an aside, some of the things that we gave away to kids were the little um, how-tos or little kits that Lowe's um, Home Improvement Store would usually on weekends have these little um, classes, classes for kids for like making little birdhouses or making little race cars. Uh -huh. But again, because of the pandemic, they couldn't have those. So they were giving them away. So Lowe's donated that to y'all. Right. So they away. said, the only thing we want you to do, Melissa, is just send us some photographs. Okay. So we would, I, we would give them, if kids wanted them, they could have them and they'd sit out on the bench or they create them or they take them home and they create it and then they take a picture and then I would send that back over to the Lowe's. Um, then, uh, but what happened was, as it got started, she put it on Facebook. We had people from 70 miles or plus. That would be like me. <laughs> and they, yeah. And wow. they would, I, some of the kids loved the board games. Sure, sure. I saw some of them five and six times during that time. Wow. And, and it was so funny. This guy, I think from, he was from Wake Forest and he had two boys. They were, we had a gumball machine. She built this big, gumball machine like and you could giant, put the balls you know, like in and they run down six feet tall kind of yeah. thing over six feet tall. i'd wow. say probably okay. eight feet tall. Yeah. And, and he said to me i've never seen my boys so occupied i had to go home and make one of these things in my backyard <laughs> but she needed some boys to do it right <laughs> it was it was so cute and i saw the first triplets that i've seen in years okay the big carriage it was and they go when they come in, they look, and the first thing their eyes usually fly to is those big canes that they go, ah, like that, and they start running. Wow. And she misses all that. I bet that was such a good feeling in it was. such a crummy year. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. It was wonderful to watch the families go through there, and everyone, including the adults, enjoy that game. Yeah. They used it. The parents would use it as a teaching moment. Right? Everybody's yep. homeschooling. You're teaching math. You're teaching math. You're teaching colors. Yep. You're teaching following directions. Mm hmm And. Fun. Well, some of the older kids competed with their friend. fathers. That was the funny thing. Yeah. So you had a lot yeah. of adults who grew up with Candyland. <laughs> yeah. Right. And as board games have kind of gotten out of fashion with younger mm -hmm. kids, so these are the parents. I remember this kid, this game when I was, I played this when I was a kid, and then getting their kids to play it. And a lot of competition with the kid, with the parents, with the kids to see who could get through the game. Um, but again, you know, the point is you got to get through the game, and the game takes them through the entire uh, garden and popping out so that you can go to, go to the candy store. Um, and it was there was no cost, so that was another thing. And never having used Facebook, I'm not a big social media person. I very rarely do a post to my own. Mm -hmm. And I'm not really sure I, I worked with a guy that I work with in my profession 
and he showed me how to make a page yep. and then you just saw it growing and growing and, and then you people didn't have were to do paid advertising you just no, had a page just... people could tag right and we got, triangle. We got picked up by uh, triangle on the cheap and we got picked up by the and from there it went to all these parents clubs and all this stuff. Yeah, so moms. It's very exciting. <laughs> something moms, I can't remember what that one was, but we got picked up by Friendly Moms or something. Three or four large um, media outlets. Okay. They they came out, they did an interview, WRL did. That's um, awesome. And again, I'd want to go home at be five or six o'clock. And it just kept coming and it was so we'll pick a time that it's we know these people are leaving. And then we leave right quick because what happened, you kind of catch up. Mm -hmm. And then you turn around and there's 50 more. <laughs> so I would imagine, you know, I drove up and down your, your main street here a little bit um, because I haven't been to Clayton in a very long time. Uh, and it, there are a couple things that really stood out to me. It's a thriving community. Uh, and unfortunately, we don't always see that in our downtowns uh, right now. But surely, if you're bringing in people from you know 70 miles away, there's a positive business impact. Oh, they to the always ask, community. "Where can we get this? Where can we get that?" Mm -hmm. So it really was really good for the town. It really was good. That's really that's nice. And every year now, it kind of has a reputation. Mm -hmm. So people are trying to for. think of something that might be interesting. So. so you planned for this. So um, you started planning for this when to make it Candyland for the 2020 holiday yeah. season. I January February of 2020. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I mean, it was definitely pre-pandemic that we right. were planning this. And so you've got eight months, we, seven months of work and yeah. planning invested in this. Um, how do you pay for all of it? Last year's creation cost probably about $2,500 Candyland. Okay. And most of that came out of Rachel's pocket. That's, that's a good amount of money, but yeah. I think when you think, look at it from your impact and then the work that went into it and the visitors, that's actually a pretty small investment mm -hmm. for the return. And it's a two year, it was a pretty much a two year commitment. I right. think we knew going in, this is gonna last us more than a year. Okay, so you have some of the things that you built that are reusable mm -hmm. and some things didn't weather as well, correct? So there's, there's nothing that we put away last year that we cannot use this year. That's awesome. And even, and, and, and again, it wouldn't be, Thomas has, um, he kept some of the bigger things like the gumball mm -hmm. machine. Now that's going to need some work just because of what I created it out of. Okay. It'll be minimal repair to that. Um, Our and, biggest goal this year is to make it bigger and better. To make it bigger and better. And well, I mean, what you've described to me sounds fabulously <laughs> ginormous. So how do you think you're going to make it um, bigger and better? Well, well, we're hoping to improve on Gumdrop Mountain okay, in some way and Licorice Lagoon. And, and we did a, um, I, you know, people call it different things. We did a debrief at the end and said, what can we do better? Awesome. And, you know, we, we had these... Uh, I'll say I had these lavish ideas of what I could do. <laughs> I just dragged these other ladies along. Um, and they go willingly, I'll say that. I don't have to drag them, they come willingly. That's cool. Is for, so for example, in the ice cream slopes, I had this idea, we made, um, Trish found a sliding board from an old um, play set, mm -hmm. and I bought an inflatable pool that took up the whole flower bed. So this is a large inflatable pool. 
And then Thomas put us up um, some four by four so that the sled or the slide actually slid right down into the pool. Okay. And then we found these blow up ice creams and we glued them. Inflatable. Inflatable, right? I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> blow up inflatable ice creams that look like little swirls. And we taped them to the slide because it's called ice cream slopes. Got it. Okay. And then put them in the pool like they were people lounging, kind of laying on the back of the pool. And we put water in the pool. And then it wasn't long before we figured out this is a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because the water started to get green. And then there was this area is right over which we didn't know as a gum tree. And ooh. the gum tree was dropping. Yes, ooh, exactly. The gum tree was dropping its remnants onto the ice cream slope. So the pool was all sticky. Ew. And then we would try to clean the water out. And then, then the wind would come and blow the pool up. Um, but we stayed the course. So when you come into the gum tree, so when you come into Candyland, it's uh, the cupcake forest. And then you round the corner to the ice cream slopes. And like Trish said, you come around. And then we got to the Licorice Lagoon and, you know, supposed to be dark and eerie. Mm -hmm. And this is the one that I felt the most passionate about, the one that I was trying to create. Um, we tried different swimming pools, so three kids swimming uh, kiddie pools and yep. we spray painted them black. We got black mulch. Mm -hmm. um, I got some uh, military camouflage. Okay. I got snakes. Ooh, kids, yeah. The boys love snakes. I bet, yeah. And so the... So the first year, uh, the first time I tried it, um, my mom has a large koi pond in her backyard. Okay. And at one point, her uh, she tried some dye in the pond that kind of makes it like a blue lagoon. Okay. So I said, I'm going to use that. <laughs> so I put some in these. And I had some filters that would allow the water to come from the top pond, uh, to top pool, down into the other pools, and then recycle it back up. Oh, so wow. it kind of had this fountain. And then it was built up with black mulch and I had the rubber snakes laying around and I had this motion activated lightning and light huh. thing that would go by. So when the kids would walk by it, it would make a noise okay. and flash. Well, I can still see Cheryl Champion there that day when we were doing this. And um, I put this blue dye in the water and you realize that what's gonna happen is that the kids are gonna go into the pond and they're gonna grab those snakes that are in the pond. And their hands are gonna be blue. And their hands are gonna be blue. <laughs> so it was this panic, I gotta dump this, because the first thing, the garden is always open. Yeah. Right? Oh, so you're, you're So we're working and people are okay. constantly walking around. And um, I'm trying to dump this blue dye and I got a kid right behind me trying to put his hands, I'm like, no, no, don't touch, don't. And I'm trying to bucket out this gallon, this dye. And I was like, okay, scrap that. We can never use this dye again. I have a picture of you oh, blue? with blue hands oh, clear up to the elbows. That's what to do for the koi pond when it's very hot. And I remember I picked it up a, a like a, a tractor store for mm -hmm. farmers. Right. And he said, use this. It, it gives a lot of shade and it'd be cool. I remember going to the fountain and pouring in it and it was like a great wave. And the fish started running to the other men oh, as fast goodness. as they could go because they could see that mm. it was darker. So I had put it away. I had no idea she was going to <laughs> But you know, you're trying to conserve your finances. So once you pass by Licorice Lagoon, you again, you go by the, um, uh, the gingerbread forest is kind of on mm -hmm. the left. And we made this 10 foot. He's over eight foot tall. Mm -hmm. Yes, he's probably 10 foot tall. And in the game, the, it is gingerbread plum tree. Yes. Mm -hmm. that's, Okay. That's what he's called. 
And if you can imagine, it's a gingerbread man with a furry treetop for his hair, and then the plums are in the furry top okay. of his tree. All right. The way the garden works, as you go along the fence line, this is where uh, the gingerbread forest is, there happens to be a tree. That's a pine tree. Awesome. And it's trimmed up really high. So I made the gingerbread man so he fits right underneath okay. of there. But when I wanted to make the top the tree, I realized I'm going to frighten some kids if I don't give this gingerbread man a head. Oh, They're yeah. not going to be able to get the relationship that his right. head is the, the thing. So we gave him a head, pinned him up against the tree, and then there's all these other little gingerbread men in the forest, and then we just put these purple lights up in the tree. Okay. And yeah. then, so... That's so a great interpretation. So, yes, so there's... Art is always interpretation, mm -hmm. right? And then when you round the corner, you can... There's gumdrop pass. People created signs for each one of the stops, and we okay. parceled those out to different people so that all the handwriting wouldn't be the same on mm -hmm. the signs. And, they were all hand painted on wood and then lacquer covered and they all weathered really well. When you go past Gumdrop Mountain, you get to um, the Ice Palace. And this is where we had made the putt-putt. Oh, okay, right. And this is kind of where your ideas kind of go, okay, this is supposed to be a palace, it's gonna be elevated. And Elsa on top. Elsa, Elsa's going to be in her castle. Elsa, that's... Right, yeah, so Elsa's this is where important. you're bringing, <laughs> yeah, so you're bringing current day mm -hmm. things and this is kind of where the creative and earlier, the previous Christmas, I had found this Olaf at an Ace Hardware that somebody had returned and it was a little dirty. I was like, I'll take it. Yeah. And it's so back there, we have Olaf, this huge blow up. And what is that? That just draws the kids. Yeah, they see I bet. Olaf. I bet. But if you can imagine, this number two hole on the putt-putt is elevated and it stands probably three feet off the ground. And the top is boarded in to make kind of look like a fort. So when you put the ball up, the hole is in the back, mm -hmm. and then it goes down through a tunnel. So we put Elsa up there on a bucket. We went to Party City, got an Elsa costume, okay. got an Elsa wig, and somebody had a little grapevine angel, I think it was Susan Johnson, that she donated. So okay. we decorated Elsa in this gown, and so she's basically in her castle, Olaf is down there. And then someone found on eBay a shower curtain that looks like an ice castle. Okay. So we put that in the background behind. So if you're at the front of the garden and you look, you see Elsa. And behind Elsa, you see this castle. This oh, wow. That's great cool. ice castle. Yeah. And we saved, um, we saved uh, white styrofoam blocks that people get when you get a shipment of something. Sure. Mm -hmm. And we taped them together to make them look like an ice wall. Wow. Right. And then when you finish there and you're keeping going, you're gonna go through the lollipop woods. And then when you pop out lollipop woods, you get to the castle. And then we made a foot and a half. No, I, well, I tried to make them bigger. So we made, at first we made full size painted squares of color. Okay. Then once we noticed that the kids were shuffling their feet, you know, playing in the gravel and that that wasn't going to work, then I just started, by the end of the season, I was just outlining the squares so that they yeah, would know what color right. for which, you know, and not use so much paint. Yeah. But yes, I, that was my job to keep those squares <laughs> so, this, so you could see this them. This is a big undertaking. So uh, one of my questions I have, I mean, this sounds really amazing and, you know, I don't have kids, but um, I'd want to come down here and see Candyland. Um, uh, this year uh, for what you guys are doing um, what would you recommend it you know for another club that wants to take a project on like this 
Do you have any tips for them? It's doable. It's doable. It, if you want to do something, you have to do each thing first and it will come together. If you knew what the end should be, and that's sounds... really what we did, tackled each thing and try to, we talk about what we could do, like making the candy canes with the mm -hmm. things. And you, ideas will pop in your head. You start so you, visualizing. So you made a plan. You, you, so you identified the things you wanted in your candy land. You went and tried them out, right? Like, I think we can do these pull noodles into suckers or lollipops. Yeah. And, and you made all of these things, but you did it over a period of time. So yeah. you probably wouldn't recommend that someone start doing a candy land this year. No. no. <laughs> they need to give a lot of lead time to that. two days to put it up, I think. But yes. months and months of prep work right. and yeah. planning. And, two and days organizing because, you know, the ideas are like in my head. Right. Trying to make them get them and the the problem with a person who has the ideas the last thing that they want is that their idea is not executed the way that they have it in their head right um so but trying to be hands-off to say whatever you do is fine right right there's more than one way to get the job done there's right? more than one way to get the job done right but it took about it took two two and a half days to to get the whole thing up and running well, um, i think that as long as you're committed and you have a, a strong group of people that are also committed with you, you can, you can get anything done. Um, certainly we could have done a better job doing more fundraisers and kind of pushing through it, um, but we had this vision and we wanted to, to, to get there. Yeah, and it was an unusual year too. So I mean, you did something that really brought the community together in a way where it was really hard to come together. People weren't spending their holidays in ways that they typically spent them, right? The travel wasn't necessarily prevalent. I remember at that time last year, everyone getting COVID testing before they went places at Thanksgiving or, you know, they limited what they did at the holidays or they isolated for so many days beforehand. So you brought a little bit of joy. You brought a whole lot of joy. You said yeah. over 4,000 people. Yeah. And all of you, it sounds like, had a fabulous time putting this together. And you're doing it again. Yeah. The best thing, and this is what happens when you get a really good project. We were one of, I think, four uh, project people who did projects mm -hmm. internationally. We got listed with three other. Mm -hmm. Now this year we won national by ourselves, as far as I know. Yep, mm -hmm. I think so. Uh, so it is rewarding, and when see when you do that, the first year. Not so many volunteered, but once we got noticed and we got the plaques from the town, mm -hmm. the first thing anybody had ever got, really nice, those thick glass things that said you were the most creative right, in the town. Right, yeah. uh, so we've gotten those every year. So once people saw that, then they were willing to come along because they get the um, recognition that they worked in the garden. People Everybody... want to be part of something that's yeah. successful. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And it's a, and... good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's hard to get people willing to risk not being successful. Yeah. And in the time that, uh, that my mother's been a member here and the limited time that I've been here, I think that the hardest part to realize is that you're, even though your mantra might be that you're giving back to the community, that's why you belong to an organization like the, like the Women's Club, is that you want to give back to your community. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to give back more than just my money. Right. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to, 
something that would sustain beyond me that could involve other people and that would just could be magnified. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, oftentimes charities are looking for the money because we all know money can go a long way. And then if they have special, if it's specialized, they can do more with the money than say I could by buying things for them. And there's a fellowship component to what you're doing. There's a participation component in the sense of being part of a community that's making something happen and making an impact and and seeing how people react to something that you've done. I mean, that's really it's heartwarming, right? Yeah, yeah. You feel a sense of place and purpose. So this year, you anticipate opening. You don't have a firm date yet, but you have a ballpark. When's yeah. your ballpark for? We just have to. I get think the ball will definitely be open by November the twentieth. Okay. And so, in time for Thanksgiving, Candyland will be open. Um, and you have a, a Facebook page for Candyland. You mentioned that earlier. So, what's that Facebook page called? Is it um, Candyland Candy in, in the garden. garden? In the garden. Okay, so people can go to Candyland in the garden, and I'll add it to our podcast uh, site for links in case someone doesn't remember it from hearing it, right? And um, is there anything else you, you think we should mention to people who are listening? I mean, you've described an absolutely magical place. I love seeing how excited the kids get. Mm-hmm. And it gives you such a warm feeling and you know this is the next generation right well this is a great gift to the community that y'all are doing um and i really really appreciate you taking time today and allowing me to come visit you and have a conversation about this really cool project um i've got my fingers crossed that you might get some calls from some other clubs that might be interested in doing something and they can come out and visit the candy land that you've done and and um see it firsthand, maybe bring uh, some kids or grandkids along and uh, stop and uh, check out some of your local businesses in the area. Uh, Thank you, thank you so much. This was just really a joy. Thank Thank you, Kelly. Women Volunteers is a podcast by Kelly Paul for GFWCNC. If you're interested in learning more about the General Federation of Women's Clubs of North Carolina, and how you can join these amazing women in improving our communities, please visit us on the web at gfwcnc.org.